You are dialed in to the Success Line Podcast, the place where you get a chance to phone a friend, call in a lifeline, and ask a favor of someone who's been there and done that. This is Real People getting one-on-one coaching with Success Entrepreneurship Editor and New York Times bestselling author, Rory Vaden. Here's Rory. Hey there, it's Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group and your host of The Success Line. What you're about to hear is a real-life conversation with somebody that I am just meeting about the actual struggles they are facing each and every day in their life and their business. You and I are going to meet them at the same time. We're going to have an honest talk and then stick around at the very end and I'll do a debrief and a recap highlighting some of the biggest takeaways that you can apply to your own life. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the success line. It's Rory Vaden. I'm so excited about this conversation that we are having with a young woman named Addie because technically we are meeting for the first time, but I remember exactly who she is. Her and I met on Instagram in the comments and then had some DMs back and forth. I remember being instantly impressed with this young woman and uh, I'm not exactly sure what she wants to talk about, but uh, she gives me a lot of hope in the future of the next generation of leaders. And I think you're going to hear her name again. Uh, as you'll see, she's she's super sharp. And uh, yeah, so she's in college. Uh, Addie, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And yeah, I just kind of hit a turning point where I woke up and I realized that the path I was on wasn't the path I wanted to be on. Mm. And just really diving into then trying to change that and really step into the person I wanted to be, which is kind of scary as a 21-year-old who has so many opportunities in the very common, very like well-traveled path, but yep. that's not what I want for my life. Uh huh. So you're, uh, are you, you're going to be a senior Addie? Is yes. That right? So I will uh. be a senior. I'm an accounting major and, uh, both my parents mm-hmm. are accountants and so is my brother. So it was a very, very easy path to fall into. Uh, that's uh, yeah. That little known fact about Rory Vaden, my undergraduate degree was accounting, um, as well. One of, one of my degrees was in accounting. So I was a nerdy, shy person. And, um, I think sometimes my friends from school are like, what you grew up to be a professional speaker and I <laughs> public semi-public person. Cause I was, uh, that's not really you know, how I was, but so you're crank, cranking away through college and then, and so what happened was a, th- this was something that, so you were on track to be an accountant and now in your senior year, it's kind of tricky because you credit wise, you're like on track for that. And then did something big happen or what, what, yeah, yeah what happened? So I, I technically am still on the accounting path. There was no point to change my major at this point, but I had three family members die on impact in a car accident. And it was at that point where I realized life really isn't guaranteed and working for something for long-term success. If I would be successful in accounting 30 years from now, well, that's really not guaranteed at all. So I started thinking about what I was passionate about and decided that I was going to go all in on that thing. Who, what, who was it? What, when was this, your car, this family you had, who, who was it? When did this happen? Is this recent? Uh, so it was about six weeks ago now. And it was two of my second cousins and my aunt through a marriage, but she was my nanny until I was 10 and I was closer to her than my own mother. And I hadn't seen her in over a decade because I had never taken the time to go. You know, I thought, oh, she'll be at my wedding. She'll be around. And then all of a sudden she wasn't. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, it's so tough. And and yeah, it. It's just, you know, you hear it all the time, but you never you never know, like it all changes in a moment and it happens every day. Um, And so that was a little bit of a wake up call for you. Yeah. Yeah. And ever since I was 10, I've been so passionate about mindset and personal development and NLP. And I used to think I was an introvert. Whoa, just be- whoa, whoa. You were learning about NLP when you were 10 years old. So I didn't call it NLP at the time. 
Okay. But yeah, like most of the time I would make gifts for my parents or anything. Like I would be obsessed with quotes. So I would like make them quote books or I would like write them letters or I would use affirmations. And I didn't really know the science behind it, but it was something I started like integrating into my life. And I had labeled myself as an introvert. And it was really this past year that I realized I'm an extreme extrovert and I just Uh. want to be around people, which that's not what I was doing working in a tax job um, at all. Yeah, 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 that's true. I I will say this, accounting has served, served me well in terms of it is one of the one of the few practical skills that you can learn in college where like the actual skill is pretty directly applicable out in the real world. It's Um, a language and to be able to speak it is very powerful. Yeah, totally. And especially, I think your question is going to point here around entrepreneurship, which is if you're going to be an entrepreneur at some point, you've got to learn to at least speak some of the language. You don't have to necessarily be fluent, but it sure helps if you are. Um, So, um, yeah, so you're 10 years old. So you were a born personal development junkie. You were just like reading Success Magazine in the womb. Just like, yeah, th- you've been into this your whole life. I, yeah, I wish I could say that was a joke, but it's so true. I mean, I really was. And yeah, I, I'm the type of person where what I'm doing for a career, it's like I can't just work a nine to five and then fulfill my purpose outside of that. I am all in in everything that I'm doing. And that really played into looking at what I did I want to be doing. And for me, that's combining not only my business skills, but my passion for helping people and creating a life that they love, whether that's on an individual level or working with athletes, especially as an ultra runner Mm. and marathoner, it's super close to my heart, like the pressures that come from athletics and just taking that to a whole new level. Uh, If I wanted to just have a career and make money and be successful, then that's fine. That's easy. I can go work in banking, but God has like kept putting on my heart that I am here to serve others in a format that's bigger than just one-to-one on the street or with a family member or a friend. And Mm. that's taken a lot of courage to own up to, but I'm at the point where there's no turning back now. Yeah. So it sounds like you're, you're saying that you kind of are drawn towards being in this industry as like a speaker, author, writer, messenger of some, is that, is that basically what the realization was? Like, this is what yeah. I want to do. It was crazy. Cause I've always been obsessed with Ted talks and I know you've had a few, but even when I was little and it kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, I, that's what I want. I love speaking. I want to be there eventually. And before I die, I will be in Forbes or it will be for a better purpose, something else. And Mm -hmm. I set those goals and not because I want that title, but because of the impact it will allow me to make along the way and what it will have accomplished through that. Yeah. Well, I want to commend you for that courage. And just for, for any of you listening, you know, one thing that Addie just said that's super powerful was where she said it it took me a long time to own up to what that is. And that's a really important moment is all of us have callings. We all have promptings. They're not all the same, um, but we all have those callings and it takes a lot of courage to even stop and listen and go, what am I feeling? Especially when the train is rolling down a track and you're like, I'm on path to be an accountant or a lawyer or a doctor or this thing I've always thought I would be. And then, but you hear this voice, it takes a lot of courage to stop and be quiet and go, let me listen to what's being said. And then, you know, it takes a lot of courage to go, all right, I'm going to listen to it. I'm actually going to follow that, um, that prompting. But, um, it's still a little bit usually, how are you feeling right now? So you this happened recently. You have this horrible car accident. It wakes you up to, you know, this prompting, you're listening to it. You feel like, you know, it's what you're supposed to do. You feel like God's placed it on your heart. Now you're going, I, I need to start on this other path. And where, how are you feeling right now? Uh, I probably freak out about once a day and I go, <laughs> Oh my gosh, what am I doing? But then I really go back to like the risk versus reward and realize that the risk of 
doing whatever that thing is right now really is no more risky than going into a career that I might potentially hate and not even have that same job in a year or two. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what keeps me grounded and keeps me showing up. But it's definitely and something I, that I have to reaffirm I will every tell, day. And I will tell you, Addie, that this feeling that you are experiencing, it, it's not because you're young. It'll happen for the rest of your life. And, and for you listening right now, Something, the same is going on inside of you. There is some prompting. We're scared to listen to it. And then when we hear it, it's even scarier to be like, I'm going to step out and follow it. Abby is like, Addie's not experiencing this because she's younger. Addie is experiencing it because this is the state of change. This is what it feels like to have to tune in to the signal that's being sent to your heart about who you're supposed to be. And it never goes away, right? This isn't like just a, a one-time decision. Every time you level up in your career or your life, you, you know, this, this will happen. So, um, so I really commend you for that, Addie. And, and I know that it, everybody, everybody relates, it relates to it. And, and what you said also about risk there, we go through life, um, we go through life trying to, to trying to like avoid risk, but risk is inevitable. Like it is risky to pursue what you want, but it is also risky to pursue what is safe. And I believe that it's riskier to pursue what is safe because there is a much higher likelihood that if you do what is safe, you're going to miss out on the thing you were meant to do. But if you pursue the thing that you're meant to do, even though there's a really good chance you'll fail along the way, it's an extreme likelihood that you will end up much closer, if not exactly on track with what you were supposed to do. So it feels riskier in the beginning, but it's actually not. It's, it's very similar to how, um, so in my first book, take the stairs, we talk about the pain paradox and it's, it's kind of related to making, making sacrifices. And we say easy short-term choices lead to difficult long-term consequences and difficult short-term choices lead to easy long-term consequences. I think you could apply that here and say what feels risky in the short term actually is safer in the long term in terms of it it leads you where you want to go what feels safer in the short term is actually riskier in the long term in terms of you end up somewhere you don't want to be and people don't understand that so that's very insightful um for you so what's your what's your question for the success line like what you know you're 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 scared out of your mind and you're going very normal, right? Welcome to the club. So that's great. So what's your, what's your success line? Like, what's your question? How do you think we can help? So I think the biggest thing right now for me is showing up as that person. And I mean, social media has just become basically the new LinkedIn and way to network. And for me, it's how do I start building that brand while I'm still kind of doing this whole, I have to finish school. I have to just fill those obligations that I already started, but Mm -hmm. also start building that brand on every level, both in person and online at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, How do, so you basically it's like, how do I start while I'm doing this other thing? Uh, And again, this applies to all of, all of you listening because Addie happens to be in school here and she's going, okay, I want to do this thing. Someone else is experiencing things again, Addie, just so you know, like the perspective is this same question would come up your whole life. Cause it's like, well, I have a job and I need to pay the bills. So how do I do it on the side? Or someone goes, Ooh, I had kids. How do I be a, how do I be a mom and do this thing on the side? Other people go, well, you know, my kids are in college and so I got to make money paying for them. So how do I do this on the side? Like, this never goes away. It, it is the same for all of us. Um, so I've got lots of thoughts on this. And the first thing I want to say to you directly, um, I have a lot of successful entrepreneur friends who have dropped out of college a ton. Most, I would say most of the ultra wealthy people I know did not finish school. Um, but I'm a strong believer, especially for you, that you should. You should finish. You're so close. Accounting makes a lot of practical sense. It's going to be super helpful for you no matter what you do. 
Um, and I think there's a lot of value to finishing things that we start. Um, and, and there's, there's a direct line to that. So I, I, I would say that you're asking the right question here. I, I, I don't think this is a matter of going like, Hey, should I like drop out of school and do this, do this thing? And I don't, I don't hear you saying that. So I, I do think that's the way to go. Um, because while, while it is true and you hear this a lot, especially on social media, you know, a lot of the people with private jets and that kind of stuff, a lot of those people never did go to school or never went to grad school or, you know, like school wasn't their big thing, but that's a very small percentage of people. Most of those people who didn't do that end up not having the private jet and not even, you know, having a lot of financial security in their life. A lot of them end up having jobs that they have uh, the least amount of freedom. And so you're, you've hedged your bets here, um, for, for sure. So, you know, uh, but, but I would say, not that you're asking, but you're opening the door here to a little Rory rant. Um, now I went to grad school, so I have an MBA and, and I, I, I have an undergrad and an MBA. The tricky part about school is it is, I do think it sets you up in a safer way for like in general, a much higher standard of living, but the mindsets and the paradigms that we learn in school are often what hold us back from experiencing ultra wealth. And that is because a lot of school is built around systems and, and kind of like rules and, and scalability and rhythms and, and bureaucracy and things that you need to have in place to move a large people of a, a large number of people through a system. But um, you get in the mode of being used to being told what to do and having the limits defined for you. You must come to class at this time. The paper must have this many words. You must work with this number of people on your team. You have to, you can only go to school, you know, this amount of time every year. You live in a world of boundaries that are defined for you. It's not a bad thing. And for the vast majority of people, it makes a really big difference. But when you step into the world of pursuing ultra wealth and being an entrepreneur, it is often about breaking the rules. It is about asking, how is this possible? What would it take? Uh, what would it take to pull this off? And it is, it's, it's not so much, it's not breaking the rules in terms of being illegal. It's being creative versus following the status quo. And a lot of people never get to that point. So, um, in that regard, I do think that college is sometimes a bit of a liability to somebody like you, just in terms of the standpoint of it, it, it's what got you here as a student won't get you there as an entrepreneur. What got you here as a student sets you up to be a very successful employee and, and a high paid employee, but it's not the same it's not the same mode of thinking. And, and this is why I think um, a lot of times straight A students. I was actually valedictorian and, and, uh, I was, uh, I was a magna cum laude, I think in college, but very, just very shy of, of summa. So I've always been really good at school. And what I realized is that straight A students often have a hard time making great entrepreneurs. And the reason why is because when you're a straight A student, are, are you a good student or not a great, like academically? I was valedictorian in high school. No. Um, I can tell. I, I can don't tell. know about magna or summa, but I'm not a bad student. <laughs> All right. Well, so so this is this is relevant for for you and for anyone listening who's straight A student because this is frustrating. It's taken me years to figure this out. When you're a straight A student, or just you know, uh, uh, even if you're a B plus student, you got there by doing everything yourself, by doing things efficiently by doing things perfectly or close to perfectly, having high demands, going the extra mile, doing, doing above and beyond. Those by definition is how you become an A student. Well, when you become an entrepreneur, you are leading people who are not A students. By definition, the world is filled with mostly C students who are average they're average performers. They are not going the extra mile. They are not paying the extra price. They are not making work or the project or school the most important thing in their life. And they're what we say this, uh, we have a, we have a training called the influential leader 
And one of the core things is realizing that what got you here as a performer won't get you there as a leader because you got here by being a super achiever, but you're not going to be leading people who are super achievers. That's not by, by definition, most of the world is average. I don't mean that as like you're better than them. I mean, they have different priorities and they operate differently than you do. And it can be extremely frustrating if you're an A student trying to lead C students, you probably have this experience already when you're on teams and you're like, I am doing all the work, I'm carrying the weight here and people are just coming along for the ride. That happens. As an entrepreneur, that works to a point, but you're gonna get burned out. So you have to learn to work through other people. Um, one of my favorite quotes is from Andy Stanley. He's, do you know who Andy Stanley is? You ever heard of him? I don't. Oh, I'm about to rock your world. So if you're a, if you're a Christian, look up Andy Stanley. He, he leads a, a, a church called uh, North Point Ministries um, in um, Georgia. And uh, anyways, he teaches a lot on leadership too. And he has this quote that he says, leadership is not about getting things done right. Leadership is about getting things done through other people leaderships and you could take out the word entrepreneurship and say something similar. Entrepreneurship is not about getting things done perfectly. Entrepreneurship is about getting things done through other people. And so you have this rub of, I need it perfect. I need it fast. I, but that's not your, you can't do it all yourself. If you do it all yourself, you'll hit a threshold. Um, so anyways, that's a little bit of a, a little bit of a rant, but I think it's going to be relevant to you, Addy, as you know, just knowing your profile. Um, so going back to your original question, which is how do I do one while I'm, while I'm doing the other? And I, yeah, that, what, that was a bit of a sidebar, but the, the finish school, but also beware, right? Like right. finish school, but beware. Um, to your original question, how do I do this thing while I'm doing the other? The answer lies in uh, um, actually another principle that we talk about in uh, my first book, Take the Stairs. It's called the harvest principle of schedule. Most people who talk about time, you know, productivity or time management use the concept of balance. Uh, um, We believe that balance is a horrible metaphor for time. We think that it is a very discordant or inaccurate or misaligned metaphor for time because the word balance by definition means equal force in opposite directions. That is how something balances equal force in opposite directions, which when you apply that to time, it sort of says it leads us in a very impossibly misleading direction of going, I should spend equal time on equal things, which is very impractical. It is, it is impossible to achieve nearly impossible. And it is not how ultra performers operate. So to truly be balanced in your life, if you were going to be balanced, there's only one way to do that. If there's 24 hours in a day and you sleep eight hours a day, and let's say you go to school eight hours a day, or you work eight hours a day, the only way you could achieve balance is to do one other thing in your life. And you would have to do that one thing eight hours a day. And that is never going to happen. Like life is much more dynamic, much more complex. We have lots of different areas. You know, we've got faith and family and friends and fun and spirituality and, you know, all, all, all of these different, um, all these different things going on. So you say, if the metaphor isn't balance, what's the metaphor, the proper metaphor, at least at least according to what we have profiled in ultra performers. So these are the top one percenters, which is who you are, right, Addy? And it's, it's very much who you, I hear you saying you feel called to continue to be. The truth is the way that you become an ultra performer, which we define as the top 1% of any industry or any space, is to think more like a farmer. Farmers have harvest seasons. Did you grow up on a farm, Addie? I actually did. My grandparents ah. still farm. Yep. Rural okay. Illinois. 
so all right you you tell me you're probably better positioned than i am because I, I am not a farmer i i actually am quite the indoor type i like spas and manicures and pedicures i don't like anything with manual labor or uh, the risk of being injured um but anyways what i hear on a farm is that during a harvest season you work a lot of hours how how, how many hours does grandpa or grandma work during harvest season in a day Probably 14 to 16. I, it's nonstop. Not even an exaggeration, like legitimately yeah. 14, yeah. To, 14 to 16 Start hours. 3.30 in the morning and go until it's past dark. Right. Now, I want you to think about your grandpa. What's his name? Uh, Jerry. Jerry. Have you ever heard Grandpa Jerry during harvest season say something like this? Boy, I feel really out of balance right now. I feel, um, I think I should evaluate my other career opportunities. I'm not sure that farming is a good idea. I don't know that I like this very much anymore. Does Farmer Jerry talk like that? No, that's, it's never there. Farmer Jerry wakes up and he goes to work and he works like a madman because he knows that the harvest is when the harvest is and it happens for a season and that his livelihood and the livelihood of his family is most likely achieved through the results of what are, are reaped during this window of time. And so whether you like it or not is sort of irrelevant. You go to work and you maximize the harvest. Yes? Totally. Yeah. Yes. So even though I don't know much about a farm or farmer Jerry, I know this. This is true about life. Life is not about balance. Life is about seasons. We define a season as a short burst of intense focused, a short burst of intense focus. Most of results happen in this way. Uh, they do, you do not balance your way to breakthroughs. You do not balance your way to success. So I'll give you an example. There was a time in my life where I was 45 pounds heavier than I am now. If I said, I'm going to work out every uh, couple days for 20 minutes, I probably would have never changed my body. I may not have gotten more out of shape, but I, I likely would not have gotten into better shape. I would have maintained. The way that I lost all that weight was I said, I am going to do everything in my power. I am going to run 30 minutes every day. I am going to stop eating fast food completely. I am never going to have a dessert. I am never going to drink soft drinks. I will, I will, I will never eat fast food. I will only drink water until I get to where I want to be. And so it took a window, a season, a harvest season of about three months for me to, for me to lose a ton of weight, about six months altogether. And I lost 40 pounds. Now I do have dessert pretty regularly. I do. I, I don't really drink soft drinks. I don't drink. I don't eat much fast food. I do have Chick-fil-A once in a while. Cause my kids love Chick-fil-A. Um, and I work out every day, but only for 10 minutes and I maintain and so this is how results happen. Results don't happen from balance. Result breakthroughs happen from intensive bursts of time. Um, so uh, when I did a contest called the World Championship of Public Speaking, two years of my life, I spoke 304 times for free. This was right after college. I spoke 304 times for free and made it to the World Championship of Public Speaking twice. And uh, place, place second in the world when I was, uh, I was 23 years old. It was, it was 2007. Now I haven't been to a Toastmaster meeting or I haven't done a practice speech in years because I speak so much for a living. I don't have to always go back and practice, but there was this season of a burst. So I say all that to say, okay, coming back to your question, that's the concept is you need intense bursts. So you don't need to drop out of school to build a successful side hustle. You don't need to quit your job to have a successful side hustle. What you do, okay, and here's, here's where all this points to. So this is the part I want you to capture. Here's the secret of seasons. The secret of the season. 
you expend the minimum amount of resources necessary to maintain all areas of your life that are not the focus and you and you imbalance 100% of your extra resources in one direction to create the breakthrough focus is power focus creates breakthroughs intensity creates breakthroughs so the trick is going how do I do that? You cannot balance your way there. Balance is the worst metaphor. It's, it's a great, balance is a great metaphor for average. Do a little bit of everything all the time for everyone. The way you become ultra performer is you have a season, a, an intense burst. So what you do is you maintain everything else. You put everything else on autopilot. Um, and then you dedicate a hundred percent of the excess energy in one direction for one moment. That's what creates the breakthrough. Boom. You break through. Once you break through, it's much easier to maintain that level of performance. So what you do is now I broke through. I lost that weight. Now I broke through. I became a world champion. Now I broke through. I got my business started. Now I can put that into maintenance mode and I can dedicate a hundred percent of my excess energy towards something else. So, with school, if, if you've already decided school is not my number one priority, I do want to finish it. Your, your parents might kill me for this, but, but I, would, I would say, okay, figure out what is the minimum amount of resources you need to expend to maintain it, okay? If you're doing sports, figure out what's the minimum, uh, I mean, if it's not the number one thing, it is also possible, and by the way, this was my second book, Procrastinate on Purpose. It's also possible for you to, to deliberately say, Addy, like, I don't know your whole schedule, but you go, actually, sports is really important to me right now. It requires a lot of training and stuff. Then you go, no problem. I'm going to expend 100% of my excess resources towards that then school, and then whatever time I have left, I'll dedicate to my entrepreneurship, my personal brand, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I'm done a procrastinate on purpose because I believe, and look, this is the direction you're headed. If one day you want to lead athletes and you want to talk to athletes, then you should focus on crushing it as an athlete. That's the season you're in right now. And, but what it does is it, it ties that to your long-term goal where you go, I'm not choosing between my business that I want to have one day and my obligation at sports. Now you go, I have to crush it at sports now because that's setting me up for my future that I really want not to be a professional athlete, but to teach and train and coach athletes. The more I succeed in my sport. And this is the only time in your life that you have a chance to play college sports. This is it like that. That window is going to sail. That window is going to close soon. And so you go, I am going to go 100% all in on that and crush it. I'm going to procrastinate on purpose or strategically procrastinate or intentionally delay or here's another word, be patient with this other thing that I want. Um, and that's what procrastinate on purpose, you know, the, the focus funnel, which is the framework of, of my second book is how to decide what you should do now and what you should put off. So basically how to decide what season you're in and then take the stairs, uh, is about how to go all in on that thing and get yourself to do the things you don't want to do. So, but the point is, as you figure out whatever the, whatever the thing is that you're doing, and you go all in on that and you put everything else into maintenance mode, everything else into minimum, minimum monthly balance, and then 100% excess in one direction to create the breakthrough. Because once you have the breakthrough, then you can put that into maintenance mode, but it'll be at a higher level. And then you put 100% of the excess into the next thing, creates the breakthrough, put that into maintenance mode. And then you repeat, you repeat that process over and over again, and you constantly level up, but you don't level up by being average in a lot of stuff. What you do is you put it on maintenance mode and then you crush it at one thing and that opens the next and the next and the next. And you just repeat that process basically your whole life. And this happened, you know, for me to become valedictorian in school, for me to do the world championship of public speaking, when I became, uh, when we became uh, you know, a New York Times bestselling author, that was a whole team, uh, when we built and sold our first company, et cetera, et cetera. 
So this gives you the permission of the season. Uh, like right now we have toddlers. So I am deliberately, I deliberately have my career slightly on throttle. Why? Because there'll never be another seven years in my life that I've got these kids that think I am the second greatest person in the world next to mom. Um, but like, there's like a window of seven years where I am their second favorite person in the world. I will never get that window back. And so that is the season I'm in now. I'm not, I'm not trying to not advance my career. I'm not trying to not be successful, but I'm not working to midnight seven days a week. Like I once did. Um, I also don't have to because I'm treading on a lot of the other breakthroughs I've had in the past because I did go intense and you're young enough that you can make these investments now. And it's like compounding interest. The earlier you do this, the, the, it's always slow. It's always a slow start. And when you're young, you're just going to feel like, you know, it's slow. But by the time you hit 25, 30 years old, you get in serious steam. By the time you hit 40, you'll be completely separated from most, most people. Um, and it will be because of the choices that you're making now. So you give yourself the permission of the season to go. I am deliberately allowing myself not to pursue perfection in multiple categories because I am choosing that I am going to crush it in this one or two. Now, ironically, when you do this, most of the time what happens is you end up doing better in all the categories because the momentum of focus in one direction and going, I have a limited amount of time to do all this other stuff. You don't, you don't mess around. You don't get distracted. You like knock your, you take care of business and you move it off your plate. Um, so ironically, even though this is, this is based on a harvest season and imbalancing of priorities and energy um, in one direction, the more likely you are to succeed, but you end up succeeding in all of them. That is one reason why you should imbalance. Okay. There's another reason. The other reason is because I'm a big believer that you should crush it where you're at. You should crush it where you're at. Whatever the thing is that's in front of you, whatever the thing that you have already committed to is, you need to dominate and destroy that thing before you do another. Because otherwise, and this happens all the time, is we say, you know what? I don't, I don't like this job. I don't like this major. I don't like this sport. I don't like this dream. It's hard. And we don't succeed because we convince ourselves it might be easier somewhere else or some, some other way. And the reality is, crush it where you're at. It, 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 the, the equivalent would be like climbing halfway up a mountain and being like, gosh, I'm so tired. I don't think I want to climb this mountain anymore. I want to go climb a different mountain. And so you go climb halfway up a mountain and then you go to another mountain. You climb halfway up that mountain and then you get bored and you go to another mountain. It looks very different from the top of the mountain. Get to the top of the mountain at the thing you're looking at and then decide, do you want to keep, you know, climb this, you know, climb this mountain or climb another mountain or do you want to learn jet skiing instead? But, but like the momentum of winning at one thing translates into the momentum of winning at everything. The, the momentum of winning at one thing translates into the momentum of winning at everything. Um, so to your point, the question is going, what is the priority? What is the number one thing in your life right now? That needs to get 100% of your excess resources. And then you say, what are the other commitments you have? You need to go, what are those things? Get clear on them and figure out which ones can I put into maintenance mode? And then there are some things that need to disappear, right? The average American watches 27 hours a week of television. They say they're busy and overwhelmed, but Nielsen ratings tell us they watch 27 hours a week of television. They are doing whatever they're video gaming. They are, uh, you know, they're watching Netflix. They are, you know, in a, in a bowling league, they are in a, whatever. I'm not saying those are bad things. I'm saying if that's going to be your thing, you should consciously choose it. Don't allow yourself to accidentally default to the death of so many daily distractions that are widely available to all of us. So you got to figure out, Addy, what is the, what are the key things I have to keep 
And how do I expend the minimum amount of energy there? And then what is the one thing that I got to focus on and break through and dedicate a hundred percent of my excess energy at that? Make sense? That's so powerful. Yeah. What do you, so what, how does that show up for you? Do you, do you, do you know what the answer is for yourself? Yeah. I mean, for me, I did have a few days where I was like, maybe I should drop out of college. And before today I did realize that I am going to finish, but Good really showing up as like this fall and running a marathon and really prioritizing that and making sure that I hit that sub three time goal is huge for me, but procrastinating on purpose, the whole business thing and showing up where I can and doing what I can on a personal level to help other people and work on mindset with what I can. But knowing that in January, when I graduate, it's full throttle on that. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great, perfect decision, like perfect application of the concepts. And that's, you know, we never tell people what to do. Like that's not our role. We try to tell them how other ultra performers think, and then it's up to you to apply that. But that sounds like a perfect immediate application of this. Um, here's the other truth about personal branding. Since, you know, we know a lot about this space cause that's what we do at brand builders group. And it's been my whole career and my wife's whole career, um, is, you are always most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were, right? The reason that we work with so many aspiring New York Times bestselling authors and so many aspiring international speakers and so many aspiring TED speakers and so many aspiring influencers and aspiring entrepreneurs is because we have been that person. We have walked that road. We have done those things we don't speak in theory to those people. We speak in hardcore, direct, visceral appl application because we've been there. It's harder for me to teach other things that I haven't done and, and to talk to people that I haven't been. It's harder. You're so young. You're really you're still really living out the person. You're still becoming the person that you will one day serve. And, and you already have the foresight of going, Ooh, I think I want to work with athletes. That makes a lot of sense to me because you could start at a young age, namely like in your early, like what you said, you're 21 right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, you're, you're 20, 21, by the way, you probably already don't do this, but a huge distraction for 21 year olds is alcohol. You stop drinking, don't drink, you won't waste time, you won't waste money, and, and you won't be hung over, which rolls into other stuff. Like, I wish I would not have drank as much as I did when I was in my 20s. I'd be way further ahead. I get the sense you're not a big drinker. My friends make fun of me. I'm a grandma. I go to bed at 8.30, and I didn't even have alcohol on my birthday, so... Not yeah. to say a glass once a year isn't fun, but sure. Yeah, of course. I'm, I'm not saying never drink. I'm not saying alcohol is the devil. I'm saying it's another distraction. And it was one that got me. It was one I spent a lot of time, a lot of money on. And then it's, it's a, it's a bummer because it has residual impacts, right? You sleep in the next day, you feel like crap, you lose an entire day, you lose whatever, whatever. So anyways, that's, that's neither here nor there, but yeah, just beware of that one in your early twenties. But, um, yeah, so you go all in here and, um, you're, the better you do at becoming an athlete, the more, the more you focus on that marathon, even though you're procrastinating on purpose with your business, you're actually not, you're actually, you, it's, it's two in the same or one in the one in the same, right? Like the, the better you are at becoming an athlete, the more powerfully positioned you will be one day to serve athletes because it will be a mountain that you have best climbed. And, and so I think it's a really wise thing for you to do that. And you could do that in your early twenties and in your mid twenties is you would be very close to like, it's going to be hard in your early twenties to get hired by fortune 100 CEOs to come talk to their team about leadership. That's going to be difficult. You've never been a fortune 100 CEO. Like, but what have you been? You have been a top per performing athlete and you can talk to them about doing well in school and athletics and mindset and preparation and nutrition and whatever, whatever, whatever. And then you'll crush it at that. And then you'll roll that into whatever becomes the next thing. Maybe it's talking to athletes. Maybe it rolls into becoming something else. You don't have to know all that. All you got to do is crush the thing that crush it where you're at, like crush the thing right in front of you. Um, 
you know, I told you this over DM. I'm even more convinced of it now, Addy. You you are going to be one of our our generation's world changers. You were born to to carry some of this message and some of this industry forward. Um, so yes, stay in school, rock it as best you can. Focus on the thing though that you really really want want to do. And, you know, waiting six months to get really going on the business isn't going to set you behind at all. It's you're going to, you're going to, or a year, you're going to come out way ahead um, because you'll have much more momentum because, you know, winning at the thing you're doing now creates momentum for winning at the thing that you're, you're going to do later. So we, uh, we believe that about you. Yeah. Thank you so much for that advice and really that perspective. That's one that it's, Sometimes it takes hearing it a few times to really make it sink in. Yeah. Well, you're doing the right things. The other thing that is hard for people like you that are young um, is uh, often is you are going to be very different from most of the people around you. Um, and I look back on my life. I didn't get invited to a lot of parties. I, you know, I didn't, uh, I wasn't the, uh, yeah, there were just a lot of things that I wasn't doing that other people were doing. And in some cases I wasn't invited to do that. I, I was hurt about at the time. I look back on my life and realize God was protecting me and making a way for me. And that, that I was just called to a different life, not a better life, a different life. But, but the one that you are called to is different. It's extraordinary. It's outside of the ordinary. It's, it's unusual. It's not normal. You will be different and you will make a set of choices that's different from most people. While you will feel alone and perhaps outcast at times, it is an investment in a future that is inevitable for you if you stay the course. And, and, and here's the thing, being an ultra performer by definition is extraordinary. It is unusual. It is the top 1%. It is, it is separate from the other 99%. It's extremely weird to be wealthy. It is extremely weird to have worldly influence. It is extremely rare, right? And big goals are for people with big work habits, right? Average goals are for people with average work habits. That's fine. It doesn't mean you're better. It means you're different, but you're called to something different. It requires different choices. It requires different decisions, different actions, and it shows up as different results. Your life will look very different. Um, and then one day that will become an issue is how do you surround yourself with people who can keep pushing you? Um, because the, the more that happens, the harder it is to find, people that you're around, but it will happen. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, Addy, we wish you the best. Thanks for coming and hopping on to the success line. Um, we'll look forward to following your progress. Keep us, keep us posted. Thank you so much. Have a great day. A very important conversation there that we had with young Addie, who for being in college is light years ahead of where you would expect most people to be just absolutely impressed with her and several lessons that come out of that in that conversation with her that I think are directly um, applicable to all of us. Primarily, it is one lesson, which I want to talk about in three parts. It is the it is the secret of the season the secret of the season. Um, uh, you know, as, as we said, balance is a horrible metaphor for how to spend time because it's equal force in opposite directions, which implies that you would spend equal time on equal, equal things, which is not realistic. And it's also not what creates success. The, the secret is seasons. Seasons are short bursts of intense focus. That's how you create breakthroughs through focus. In fact, it's precisely not through balance, but imbalance. You imbalance your focus in one direction to create that breakthrough. That is what a harvest season is uh, all about. So that's the first thing. 
The other thing, um, you know, so that's the secret of the season. The other, the other part um, is the permission of the season. The permission of the season is about consciously choosing what is my next most significant priority to use language from uh, the procrastinate on purpose book. It is going, I am deliberately and consciously choosing this thing as the, the number one focus in my life. And even if I have to, it comes at the expense of some of these others. So the, the, the permission of the season is to expend the minimum amount of resources on all your other priorities so that you can dedicate a hundred percent of your excess focus in one direction in for a season to break through the next wall, to break through the next ceiling. That is the permission of the season. Um, and then the third thing is the momentum of the season, the momentum of the season. Why does this matter? Because winning at one thing translates into the momentum of winning at everything. You have to crush it where you're at. If, if you've already made a commitment to something, you have to conquer that thing because that momentum will roll into your next thing, if at all possible. It doesn't mean you have to win. It means you have to do everything in your power to make that thing succeed that you put your commitment to already, that you already have you know, made an obligation for. A hundred percent of your energy has to go to that. If you don't become the champion or even if the thing fails, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you, you, you followed through on dedicating your energy and your resources and your time and your focus and your money and your prayer in the direction of what you said you were going to do. This matters because your own, your own experience, your own track record of success matters more to you than a future employer. It matters more to you to know I do the things I say I'm going to do. When I make a commitment, I go all in. When I say I'm going to pursue something, I follow through. I dedicate 100% of my energy, my time, my focus in one direction. That is who you want to be because that gives you the confidence to chase down bigger goals and accomplish bigger things in the world. If that breaks down, how are you ever supposed to believe in yourself when all you've ever done is abandon a goal, the goals that you've set? That's not a place of power. So it doesn't mean that you win. You don't say, I promise I will win. It's not about promising a win. I can never guarantee a victory. I can never guarantee a victory. But here's what I can guarantee. I can guarantee that I'm going to put everything I have into this pursuit, that I'm going to go all in, that I'm going to lay out, I'm going to lay it on the line, 100% of my time, my focus, my energy, my prayer, my love, my dedication, my learning in the direction of this one pursuit, in the direction of the next most significant thing, in the direction of the thing that'll take my life to the next level. Whether or not I win, that's not up to me. That we'll see if it happens. But that is the momentum that you can carry forward into other stuff, whether you win or not. Because winning at one thing, not by winning like the trophy, but doing everything you said you would do, executing, that is winning, right? Like you don't control every outcome, but you do control what you put into it. That's what winning is. And winning at one thing translates into the momentum of winning at everything. So crush it where you're at, imbalance your life in the direction of your next most significant goal of your biggest dream and become every single thing you were meant to be. We'll catch you here next week on The Success Line. If you would like to appear on The Success Line, head to success.com slash success line guest to fill out the application form. If you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to rate, review, and most of all, tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.